passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting the A team that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Wade take the mic. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Rewind a Raw. I am John Pollock. Way, am I joining you right now? Can you see me? Can you hear me? You are here, John. Oh, I'm here. Thank you. I can see you. I can hear you perfectly clear, clearly. And, and let's all cross our fingers, oh, if you're tuning God. in right now, that this internet connection holds up, because you've had quite the day, haven't you? So for the last 24 hours, I have just had a mess of my internet, which it's been... Like we, we we had our struggles like way we have we have gone through our problems, but we've been on quite the I have had no issues for months, months and months. It has been flawless. I've had no issues. And today, um, just a disaster. I was uh, my Internet went down, had to have been down 10 to 15 times throughout the day, including an interview that Brandon and I were doing that is preserved. We have the interview. It will be fine. There's just not going to be any video of it, but it was just a mess uh, today. I'm hoping that we are smooth sailing through the show, but it was a massive headache today on top of the fact that as I'm doing this interview today and we're like setting up, I've got no, I've got no playback in my headphones. It's not playing at all. I'm going through everything. My internet's going down. It's like one of those. I literally said out loud, calm down. It's going to be fine. It was my inner way voice of uh, trying to calm myself because everything was going wrong. And so I had to set up another microphone as I'm trying to connect with the Internet. We're late starting this thing. And then I have to troubleshoot. And I figure out that on Sunday, my lovely daughter came in and was playing with the mixing board. And she had hit a button. And it was the closest button that she could have reached and I remember taking her hand away and saying, I hope she didn't knock anything on the board. And she had pressed this one button that caused me so much uh, grief today. She also deleted Spotify off my phone. But that's um, wow. that's a small, small price to pay. Anyway. It's incredible what she could get away with. She she's learning how to text. She's learning how to fix your you know Netflix account. And she and she's evidently learning how to delete apps. And I should have asked her how to fix this. She probably would have known. Probably yeah. And I'm speaking to you. I I don't even know if I should tell you this, but you know for the better part of the last paragraph of of words, you I'm, it feels like I'm kind of talking to a blurry transformer here. But um, I heard everything you you had to say. <laughs> I don't know how great your camera looks right now but you know this is this will be part of the gimmick of, of, of the, this episode cut me off if you can't hear me visual we'll do i can't i can't uh deal with at this I point. as long as you're hearing me 
Because I, uh, I look, I look crystal clear on my end, and that's how I envision that you're seeing it, even though it's not. It's far from it. <laughs> it's okay. You know, I, I've been listening to wrest, uh, wrestling podcasts since like you know the the late '90s, and I'm very used to uh, this quality of image. So bear with us, everybody. Okay. Well, I'm I'm the brink of my patience level, so I might I might go off itch uh, tonight. I'm very close to it. But how are, how are you? Are, doing? are you recording uh, just a separate audio track, just in case we we cut you off? Uh, I can. You know what? I if will, you don't uh, mind. Just you know, just at, at the very least, if we if we uh, don't get it perfectly here in the in the audio podcast uh, form, it it sound crystal. This is clear, really so. uh, behind the scenes for everyone. Okay, we are, we are rolling way, so we're we're all good. Perfect. All right. Yeah. Um, tell me you, anything. Tell me tell me some good news, way. Just anything. Did you uh, did you take Oscar out for a walk today? Did you have some like pineapple smoothie? Did, did anything? Pineapple smoothie? No, not, nothing like that in particular. He is starting to eat food, so um, you know he, he's he's been tasting all all manners of, of things, including pineapple. I think, um, uh, but no, we haven't really gone out. The weather's not been too pretty, you know, recently. So uh, just stayed home. Maybe had to, uh, had some visitors actually had some family come over to to see us. But yeah, pretty low key, I would say yesterday. I had to dig out my car, uh, which has been just uh, thawed over, like it's the Elimination Chamber logo, uh, because I had to be prepared because I might have had to have gone out tonight at uh, at 11.05 p.m. Uh, So uh, it's cold. Uh, Yes, it's very cold, and my car was uh, buried. That is always an option, but that's okay. Yeah. what else is I, going on? I think we got to cut this small talk off, John, because we could go off air at any second here. That's right. Let's let's just keep let's keep funneling through. Ask away. Um, it might be ask away singular on Tuesday, depending on how things go. But that is the plan to have our mailbag show on Tuesday, uh, where we will be taking all of your questions uh, from the forum. That's right. Forum.postwrestling.com. If you're a Post Wrestling Cafe patron, uh, do leave your questions. Um, I think we've been going live for these, have we not, John? So we'll oh, see. No, please. Let's. Uh, it, it'll. You will get the show tomorrow. I don't know in what what form. You just. You tell me way. Okay. All right. Well, it'll be out there for all Post Wrestling Cafe patrons. Video.postwrestling.com. Leave your questions right now at forum.postwrestling.com. Yes, we've got uh, multiple cafe shows this week, including the Ask Away Mailbag Show, Rewind to SmackDown. And on Sunday, uh, Karen Peterson and I, we are going to be doing uh, an abbreviated New Beginning uh, recap. We're going to be going over the key matches of both nights. We're not going to be going through all the multi-man tags, but the top three matches on each show are very intriguing ones, mainly. Uh, so we will be chatting about that, including Hiromu Takahashi and Yo, Tatsuya Naito against Shota Umino, and... Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. against Tomohiro Ishii among the highlight matches this weekend. Uh, looking forward to you guys uh, doing a show together. It's not often we get Karen and, and John, so I'm looking forward to that a lot. Yes, and you can hear the finished product, myself and Brandon Thurston, together, joining our forces together that um, the universe could not hold. Uh, chatting with Abraham Reisman, who is the author of the upcoming book, Ringmaster. Vince McMahon and the unmaking of America. So you will get to listen to this interview in all its glory, and you would never know um, the trials and tribulations of one John Pollock as we bring you uh, this interview and uh, perhaps some more interviews uh, down the road with myself and uh, Brandon that we have been discussing doing together. So a great guest, and I've had a chance to read the book, and I think that it's it's very informative in terms of putting the whole Vince McMahon story into context and some outstanding research, especially in his early life and that development process and a lot about his childhood that, you know, it's 
it's obviously an area of his life that has been reported on, but I don't think to this detail as well. So that's coming out on Tuesday. And Brandon will also be back this Friday as we chat the WWE financials that will be released on Thursday. And and will Vince McMahon be on the, the call with Ants on Thursday night? I'm going to guess no, but that will be a that will be a question people will have going into that call. I'm looking forward to all of that. Yeah, the chance to get to get to hear you and Brandon talk together. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to Pollock and Thurston. Hey, at this point, um, I'm just going to ask you to cut your video, John. Just go to stop camera and just to see if uh, that might improve the audio a little bit, um, because uh, you know we want to we want you to sound sounding crystal clear for the rest of the show. Did you get to see any of the uh, the funeral for Jay Briscoe over the weekend? I saw uh, Mark Briscoe's eulogy. Yes. Oh. Oh, everybody. Did we lose John completely here? <laughs> Bear with us, everybody. Technical issues. We're bound to reach this at some point. All right, we're going to try this one more time. John, are you there with us? I don't know. Am I? Yes, for now. If if this goes down again, I'm just can't know. This is just stupid to try this. So we're gonna yeah. do our best. And if this fails, this fails. I'm just I'm not gonna try and just. Do you want to try dialing in on your cell phone instead? If you want, if that's if that's easier. Let's try that instead, everybody. All right. Pause right here. We'll be back. All right, we're going to give this one more shot. John, are you there? Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Okay, now I'm here. All right. Okay, everybody, this is what's going to happen. The rest of this show will be audio only, okay? Um, This is the best we can do, given uh, our current situation. So stick around. Apologies for the technical difficulties. We are going to present a show for you guys, but for video viewers, this will be audio exclusive. How, you, how does that sound, John? Yep, all good. All right, let's continue. All right, let's just get into the show. So we start off with Cody Rhodes coming out to start the show. And uh, how did you feel about the reception that he got? I thought it was very strong, very positive. Um, you deserve a chance, Cody Chance. You know, um, I I didn't think that there was any sort of negative reaction. If if anybody might have expected any sort of pushback, just given the uh, I guess uh, I don't know how how dominant Sami Zayn was as as a part of a conversation this week. No, 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 nothing like that at all. He comes out. He notes that he is not the same person that he left or that he started this journey on. He brought up OVW. And believing that he would have been champion within two years and delusionally thinking he would be the next John Cena. But if he could go back, he would not tell that 19-year-old anything about all the trials and tribulations he would incur. And instead, he went through all of these hardships and it ended with winning the Royal Rumble. Now he is going to WrestleMania. And from there, he goes on to talk about Roman Reigns who he calls the LeBron James of professional wrestling, loud chants of Roman sucks, and in 62 days, it's WrestleMania, and 
he is undeniable, but he is also uncrowned and says that Reigns will no longer be undisputed WWE Universal Champion. So as a uh, Royal Rumble address way, um, did Cody Rhodes come across to you as the uh, as the top challenger here in the in this role coming out and pretty much establishing our main event for WrestleMania? He did. Yeah. Again, if there are any concerns that Cody would be an afterthought coming off of uh, the Royal Rumble, I, I mean, I think he completely wiped that away with this promo. It, it felt like this was a type of promo that he might have been keeping in the chamber for months, you know. But at this point, like he's he's del- he's been like so good thus far in his WWE run that like I wouldn't be surprised if like you know he came up with this like I don't know a, a day before. But it was a tremendous retelling of his career, taking us through the entire journey leading up to this upcoming match, which is, you know, really being framed as the culmination of everything he's been through, including, you know, um, uh, going through like the Dashing character, the Stardust character, including his excursion, you know, uh, uh, including the death of his father, the, 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 the birth of his daughter. Um, I thought the delivery as always for Cody was very smooth and every, very confident. He's so smooth and confident that it's sometimes that might even come across as manufactured and inauthentic especially like in the moments where like his voice cracks and he breaks it into tears and i'm really glad he didn't for this one because um it just felt like a, a confident wrestler here you know he didn't get into anything cringy that like uh, a lot of his AEW promos tended to get into um nothing you could possibly i think get mad at here and i do wonder like you know if there's any sort of editing process that he goes through now in the wwe that he didn't in AEW, or maybe he's just like that much more self-aware about the content of his promos now but i thought he came across really well it was a very good promo the audience was uh behind him they booed Roman. I think it was all the reaction you would have asked for out of this segment. And then they were interrupted by the Judgment Day. And Balor asked if he's returning to do something original or just going to knock off all of his old stuff like before. So Dominic says that Cody ruined Judgment Day's plans at the Rumble with Rhea winning. Dominic was supposed to win the Men's Royal Rumble. And Cody, if Cody had put his hands on Dominic in prison, he would have got got. And Priest then calls him the golden boy that was handed number 30. And Dominic says that Cody owes an apology. And Cody explains he respects Ray. But Dominic says, well, I don't respect my father. I also don't respect your father, Cody. So Cody challenges any one of them to a match tonight. And it will be Finn Balor, Cody Rhodes later on in the main event. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I thought Cody sounded really good. You know, I I love the fact that like they're framing this as sort of a uh, you know the, the Anoahi family versus the Rhodes family. They're they're kind of the, you know the the the, the two current um, representatives, and it makes the entire thing feel a lot bigger than just Cody versus Roman at WrestleMania. Um, the, the debate I think is going to continue. You know over whether Sammy should really have that spot or Cody should have that spot. I mean, if I'm the WWE, like I'm I'm pretty happy about that just type of argument going on because you have for the first time in what feels like a very long time two incredibly viable baby faces um and an incredibly hot you know the hottest heel champion that they've had in years so i mean really if they play their cards right like they they can have everybody come out as a major star coming out of this and then with uh judgment day still out there edge runs out attacking the judgment day and cody would get involved and that's how the segment ended and we would see more of edge later on in the night 
There were a series of qualifying matches for the men's elimination chamber match. So Austin Theory will be defending the United States championship in one chamber. And then we're going to have a women's elimination chamber match as well that we'll get to. Uh, But our first qualifying match sees Seth Rollins taking on Chad Gable. And uh, they had a terrific match. Uh, Gable was uh, these two were just uh, tremendous together. Gable misses a moonsault off the top, and then Rollins lifts him up for a buckle bomb and starts selling his knee after that spot. Gable then sidesteps the stomp. A pedigree gets stopped into a jackknife cover. They're going back and forth with covers, and then Gable catches an insiguri and puts him into the ankle lock, won't release it. There's a victory roll counter. The stomp misses for Rollins into another ankle lock. And then after a jackknife roll through, Rollins turns it into the pedigree, pinning Gable in nine minutes and eight seconds. But this was, um, I, I thought this was like a really, really strong TV match. Really excellent little TV match. It, you know, in a very short amount of time, I thought they managed to tell a pretty compelling story with Rollins' knee, great entries into Gable's ankle lock, and then, Really nice entry into that pedigree finish, you know, uh, about as I think much as they could do with the TV time that they were given. It would be wonderful to see something a bit more substantial between these two in the future. Io Sky against Candice LeRae. Graves explained that Dakota Kai suffered an injury in the women's rumble match. And we have Meechin that is out with Candice LeRae. And these two also had a, a very good match. Uh, crazy suicide dive here from Io Sky as she went out and nearly uh was going at this awkward angle, but landed it really well. They come back from break, and LaRae stops the over-the-moon salt with a German off the second turnbuckle. Uh, Sky then lifts up Candice, and it's turned into a poison Rana. Sky then blocks the wild ride and goes for the moonsault, landing on Candice's knees. And as Candice gets an inside cradle, damage control is distracting the referee. Sky kicks out, and then we see Bailey back on the apron, and Sky gets the roll-up as Meechin is too late to save. And Sky pins LaRae in nine minutes, 18 seconds. And Corey Graves says that Meechin was not much help to Candice LaRae, which would be accurate. Yeah, I don't know if either of them have been much help uh, for each other, you know, for for several months now. I thought a pretty good match, though, between the two. Um, They had to overcome a a pretty quiet crowd that, you know, clearly didn't see either of them as uh, any sort of significant star. Um, uh, But, you know, in ring, I thought it was uh, perfectly, you know, good to fine. Um, The problem, you know, with the two isn't really in ring, but especially for somebody like Candice, you know, it's the time and effort that they've given her. Um, or lack thereof, you know, to promote a character and any sort of real personality. Right now, both her and Meechin are just like, they both feel like two generic baby faces with not much attached to them that you could get behind. So um, either they, you know, do their best to try to build that for the two of them, but, you know, more likely I, I could see them attaching Asuka or maybe Becky, you know, but it seems like the Becky attachment to damage control might be ending next week. Rhea Ripley comes out and she has, they have promoted, she is going to make her decision and she's out all alone because she wants all of the attention and she is here to disrupt the status quo and did so by winning the Rumble from the number one spot. And she goes through her history with Charlotte Flair that three years ago when her career was just getting started, she was 24 and she stood in this ring and challenged Charlotte who had just won the Royal Rumble back when Rhea was NXT champion. And Charlotte put her in her place. And Charlotte has always been in the title picture and hates giving her credit, but she does get better year after year. Flair is number one, but she is the disruptor. And she is going to put Flair in her place at WrestleMania. And that is her pick. 
for the title she is going to go after as she waves at the WrestleMania sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I thought, you know, like, I mean, obviously Rhea heading into the Rumble was already leaps and bounds ahead of everybody else in terms of viability for a top title match. And um, this was a promo that I think really just kind of cemented it. She sounded good here. My only concern coming out of it is that this, this to me sounded like a real babyface promo. You know, Charlotte is positioned right now as sort of like the status quo default champion who is always seemingly at the top. And Rhea, somebody with a great deal of like, you know, newfound momentum built for her over the past year. Somebody who feels like she's really kind of earned that spot as opposed to Charlotte who just kind of comes in and is being given that role. I mean, Rhea in this promo is claiming that she's going to disrupt the status quo and and here to start a revolution. And I find it far easier to get behind that than, you know, whatever story that they're trying to tell with Charlotte right now. So, um, you know, is the crowd going to stay on this path? I mean, Charlotte has received pretty good babyface reaction so far, but um, I wonder, I wonder. And, you know, ultimately, is it even that much of a problem? You know, because to the WWE, as long as the match is hot, do they really care, you know, if, if fans end up turning on Charlotte? I don't know, but I think coming out of Mania, it, it feels like Rhea is, is going to be the one getting crowned position that way for sure and this is her redeeming this loss but certainly like this could become very much a audience that gets behind Rhea Ripley uh given given who they are putting her against I wouldn't have as much of a concern with that if it was the Bianca Belair direction but going Mm -hmm. going this way uh, and maybe that's ultimately what you want Rhea Ripley you want her to be in that role by the end of it it's not just this judgment day character for uh, eternity like this can be a viable baby face for them down the road do, do you do you like the idea of Rhea versus charlotte for mania um you know because like l- looking at the options here we could have had Rhea versus bianca could have had Rhea versus uh becky could have had Rhea versus ronda do you like charlotte uh, as a direction i, I think we have that that history between them um I, I don't think it's a it's a poor decision to go in i mean all we it, it's not as though they had really set up Bianca beyond that one interaction they had back backstage weeks ago. Um, so it's not like you were building for one tr- champion and went the other way. So um, I, I am very curious of what what is planned for Ronda Rousey in, in all of these mania plans. I, I'm kind of curious about Becky, too. I mean, and, and it, could that be the direction? Um, I, mean, um, I guess anything is possible. Um yeah, but R- Ronda Rousey, I think it's a big question mark because wh- when you look at it, it's um, you know she drops this title and then is completely out of things. So um, yeah, I, th- I think definitely there's a question mark there. Yeah, because like you know, I-, I don't think they'll do Bianca versus Becky again. Um, and what's left for Bianca? Who gets Bianca's match? Maybe Ronda. Yeah, yeah, could be. That's a possibility. <laughs> Kathy Kelly is with Seth Rollins, and he's going to Elimination Chamber. He's going to win the U.S. title, but when he is asked about Logan Paul eliminating him, he just walks away. Yep. So, I mean, pretty much spells it, you know, Rollins versus Logan Paul. I think um, strong match, uh, you know, in terms of star power. uh, Strong match also in terms of in-ring potential. I mean, at this point, expectations for a Logan Paul match are pretty high and you bundle you know that with the company's best wrestler against him um there's a very good possibility that this could end up as the match of the night very very high expectations uh for for that one 
as there were for Baron Corbin and Johnny Gargano, which followed in our next qualifier. And Corbin doesn't believe Gargano can be a mainstream WWE star. That's his, uh, that's his critique of Johnny Gargano. Uh, it was Corbin destroying Gargano for the first half of this match. Uh, and then uh, this included this brutal choke slam onto the barricade as Dexter Loomis just stood there and watched. Then Gargano fights back after a slingshot spear. He was able to uh, withstand the deep six and stops an end of days, hits a suicide dive, and then JBL is getting upset. So Loomis pulls out an axe and puts the axe through JBL's cowboy hat on the desk. And then an end of days gets countered with an inside cradle. Johnny Gargano wins in 926 and is going to the chamber match in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Match I thought was technically good, you know, um, served, served, served up a, a decent underdog dog story for Gargano. Um, uh, I don't know. I found it kind of hard to get into the action just kind of due to my lack of interest in either as characters at this point. But um, it was, seemed like a good match. Good to see Gargano featured in the chamber match. Could be a good spotlight for him. And uh, he's somebody I could actually buy, you know, as uh, somebody who could win the U.S. title, especially uh, against an Austin Theory. Um, I'm less optimistic on that one, but I, I guess anything is possible. But they are they are certainly building this up to be a really... Um, a really good match just based on the talent that is already in there and who you expect to be the remaining qualifiers next week. Like they are, they are loading this one up with a lot of great talent. Agreed. Smackdown promo for this Friday. It'll be the fallout from the bloodline angle on Saturday flair against Sonya. And then we've got Imperium against Braun and Ricochet in the finals of the number one contenders tournament. VIP lounge with our guest Austin theory who comes out and, he said he was a really big fan of the VIP lounge when he was a little kid, but that was a long time ago. And he's going to make MVP and the VIP lounge relevant again and pitches the idea of Austin Theory Live. And the two are subtly arguing with one another. Theory brings up how MVP thought Lashley was going to win last week. And MVP says, I know Lashley can beat you. And Theory brings up how he survived an F5 off of the elimination chamber last year. So he is he is still standing and it is the ruthlessness that this generation needs and no aggression can stop him. So MVP then rebut, rebuts that you know I was once tossed off the pod by the undertaker. So they're arguing about who got killed uh, in similar fashion and that Lashley is more dangerous to theory than undertaker is. Um, this was quite the argument that they had. Finally, Lashley comes out and MVP tries to stop them. And then after Theory gets attacked, Theory pulls MVP in front of him. And it is MVP that gets speared by mistake by Bobby Lashley, which th- this stuff can happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, Lashley and MVP continue to be tied together. Are they going to stick together or are they not? Um I mean, seems less likely at this point, but what does that mean for Lashley in the future? Like, you know, what, what's his long-term program stemming from this MVP attachment? Hmm. Like, cause what are your options? Omos again? Um, or what, you know, I don't know. Hard, hard to really tell, but, um, most interesting to me are, are the continued references to John Cena. I mean, that seems to be the direction for mania, but could Cena make an appearance prior to that? Could he be a part of the chamber? or something like that something like that yeah it doesn't seem like there's going to be a spot for him with all the qualifiers 
Yeah, I wouldn't expect them in the match it's, it itself. But um, yeah, we will we will see. Like Cena's also very busy, so I don't even know how much uh, TV time that he might even be able to do before WrestleMania. But that certainly feels like the direction given all the the references. Do you expect that match to be for the U.S. Championship, or, or does uh, Theory drop it at Chamber? At the Chamber, I don't think that match needs the U.S. title, but they they are clearly. You know, I, I don't know if they want to necessarily beat Theory, but the Chamber is a way that you can, you know, lose the title without necessarily having to do like a clean loss. Um, mm-hmm. So you can get the title out to somebody else because that match really does not need the title. So after that segment, uh, Saxon catches up with the Judgment Day, and Balor thought that Edge had had enough. He says, "Tell him I work Mondays," and the number thirty spot should have been his. And that Cody Rhodes has been stealing from me for years. Tonight, it's time to collect. Yeah, he's he's going to put a Bullet Club tax on Cody. And it starts tonight. Is he going to stop with Cody? He could collect from a lot. I mean, I, I, he should issue a cease and desist. I mean, there's a whole you know company that's out there that I'm, I'm sure he can make a lot of money from. Uh, this is Young Rock. They they air they ran an ad for it, and it's all about Pat Patterson uh, when he worked for Roy Shire, and they every year they would hold the big battle royal every January, and how Pat Patterson took that concept to come up with the Royal Rumble. So I'm sure there's going to be, as with every Young Rock historical uh, reference, there will be plenty of exaggeration and things that maybe don't exactly line up with history, but it's kind of an interesting uh, story going back to what everyone assumed was the influence for the rumble between the, the cow palace battle Royals and as well, the ones that, um, and Francis promoted in Hawaii. So that's coming up on Friday. I thought it was a really good clip, you know, designed for a wrestling audience. I mean, I, this is the type of like promotion for young rock that NBC should have been doing a long, long time ago. Like I'd only hear about them doing things like this from, you know, like you and other people occasionally like taking clips out there. But to me, this is like the most attractive crossover material that they could present to a wrestling fan. So, uh, it was an effective ad that, I mean, they should have been doing a long time ago. In the content, but also, uh, in a time slot that I don't know if any wrestling fans are watching over SmackDown. So that's yeah. that's NBC's poor decision making. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM. You'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., The Miz is out, and he complains about his treatment last week on the 30th anniversary special. He got stunned by Owens and then got a terrible number number in the Royal Rumble. And then people at the airport were chanting, 
first man out. And this guy is just brilliant. Just gets this chant over in like five seconds. The whole crowd is chanting first man out as he's trying to get this over. And he is also not in a qualifying match for the Elimination Chamber. He demands respect. So Adam Pierce comes out and says there's another guy who wants an opportunity. And that's the newest member of the Raw roster, Rick Boogs. Mm-hmm. Rick Back. Boogs. His contract with SmackDown ended. Well, you know, um, Adam Pierce let the contract lapse on SmackDown, so Adam Pierce picked it up on Raw. He they, they lost Rick Boogs. Yeah, I know. I'm a little surprised. I mean, I thought I thought you know he and uh, Nakamura were were at a, a pretty good. Um, tag team that was gaining some decent traction and I thought they would reunite them. Um, but yeah, they're choosing to separate him and uh, push him as a singles. That he's in a suit, but Pierce makes the match and Boogs swings him in the air, military press slam. And the match ends in a minute 15. So Rick Boogs, who has been out since WrestleMania after tearing his quad, uh, was out a long time and he is back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's fine. Um, I, 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 you know, I, I, I think the Miz, um, it's kind of crazy to think like just two years ago, this dude was holding the championship and I'm not necessarily about to advocate that the Miz, you know, needs to, um, I don't know, be, be in a main event slot whatsoever. But, um, I do feel like even like the Miz in this gesture role might like have his limits, you know, of, of like who he should be losing in two minutes to. And I wonder if Rick Boogs, Boogs might be below that threshold. Um, not that like. I think it even matters for the Miz at this point. Like the guy can pretty much kind of like get away with anything. And I think he'll still be a, an integral part of these shows. Cause you know, he's very good at what he does and it will always manage to get a decent reaction no matter what. But clearly under Levesque, you know, his days of like even hoping of, of being an IC title level contender. I think that's far behind him. Looking backstage and as they walk into a room, we cut to the maximum male models who refer to Otis as disgusting and grotesque. And Maxine says, it's perfect. Yeah. So uh, how did these guys get over on Raw? Are we still Mania season? Is that it? Uh, Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think, uh, you know, Otis has been gaining a lot of babyface traction recently, um, and it's been very organic. They've not really pushed him as that at all on TV. So it seems like they're taking advantage of this by pairing him with, I think, a very natural um, rival or maybe even, I don't know, tag 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 team associate. Um, who knows? But um, it's something for the maximum male models to do on the other side. Um, that's more than just, I don't know, um, losing in a few seconds. Rumble with the bloodline and Bailey comes out and she brags about eliminating Becky Lynch, but now she's done with her. Becky comes out. They note it's her birthday and she calls Bailey a stupid fool. And they're not done until she says they're done. And Becky says, I already won the Royal Rumble. I didn't need to win it. I just had to make sure you three did it, uh, which really put over the importance of the match. Blames her for, for robbing the people of a steel cage match last week. So Bailey gets serious. She says, I don't like you, Rebecca. I think you're overrated. I don't think you're good enough for any of this. You're not even good enough for your husband who only married you because he knocked you up. And Becky thought they were just fighting over wrestling. But this bitterness started 10 years ago in NXT in Orlando. So let's end it in Orlando next week with a cage match. 
And Bailey is not interested in this. So Becky goes to the back, drags out Dakota Kai, who I guess has just been laying there dead for the last five minutes during this promo. And she's got a chair around her ankle. And Becky threatens to break her ankle. So Bailey accepts the match. And Becky says, you can bring your friends next week. But you might want to check on Io backstage. So I don't know what Bailey was doing in the back. But she missed a whole attack on Io and Dakota, and uh, we have our cage match next week. Well, the back is very big, John. You know, it's a Ooh. it's a very, very big arena out there. So, yeah, uh, you know, uh, you know, just going to the match that uh, we didn't get last week because uh, it was it was cut for time. I mean, you know, um, they they I thought like the promo exchange here they they kind of went um, a bit dirtier than I was expecting for like what we usually get in con- in terms of content out of these these two at least talking about the family and uh i mean it was attention grabbing and um it seemed like it was you know um a lot more than i was expecting for like a one week build for you know what what seems to be a culmination between this feud next week the line was in there um i don't know maybe becky could have countered she's like did you see that applebee's ad that is a <laughs> true love yeah that is a- that's chemistry Gears had to play Excalibur here and go through all of the matches that have been made for the next week. So he confirms the cage match will take place next week in Orlando. And then there's going to be a second chamber match on February 18th for the Raw Women's t- uh, to determine who is going to challenge Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's title. So the first four qualifiers are the final four from the Rumble with Raquel Rodriguez, Asuka, Liv Morgan, and Nikki Cross, minus, of course, Rhea Ripley. Next week, they will have a fatal four-way. Is this right? To determine the last two participants. I thought it was to determine the first of the two participants, but I mean, I'm guessing like maybe... More sense. Yeah, they do one for Raw, one for SmackDown. I guess so. Yeah. So maybe, yeah. Okay, so this is the, the first of the two empty spots will be either Meechin, Candice LeRae, Piper Niven... Or the returning Carmella. Uh, and yep. then, yeah, so th- those are our matches that we have coming up. So after next Monday, we'll have five people in. And then, yeah, presumably SmackDown will have something somewhere. Correct. Chelsea walks in and asks Adam Pierce if he is the manager and complains about the unacceptable accommodations, no private dressing room, no spring water, and no Swiss chocolate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's... It's such a such a goofy gimmick that is like so on the nose um, that I don't know maybe maybe for a WWE system it it could work you know I'll I'll say at least it's a personality that I think people can understand and that's far more than I can say about Meechin or Candice or I mean Nikki Cross or uh, Raquel or Zia Lee or Shotzi or Tegan like shall I keep going here you know like I, I mean. <laughs> Adam Pierce named her. We're probably confused as to who is Piper Niven. <laughs> could could be, could be. But you know, at this point, this women's division just kind of needs anything to let somebody stand out. And this at least seems like it's a personality-driven gimmick that I mean has no chance. I think of ever like being a main eventer, unfortunately. But um, I, I guess it, it's it, it could be entertaining. So I, I'm willing to see where it goes. Like she, she plays the role well. We'll see what the shelf life is, though, for the, the character. It could be, you know, run its course fairly quickly. 
Dolph Ziggler and Bronson Reed is our last qualifier for the night. Uh, Ziggler does an interview and he's interrupted by Mustafa Ali, who jokes about him once again being handed another opportunity. And it's like every one of these Zigglers just like, I'm, I'm not that concerned with you. So I've got other things to deal with. And Ali is just like, he shows up at TV every week and he has nothing to do. I mean, I, I, you know, catering's always nice. Um, maybe he's got a nice match in, on main event that we're not necessarily aware of. But, um, uh, you know, this is a gimmick. I don't know if this gimmick is really a good fit for Ali at all. Like, he, he it really feels like he's forcing this kind of, like, annoying heel sarcasm. Um, I I don't know. I don't know if this will really kind of change his fortunes in the company all that much. But, um, uh, you know... I guess it's it's nice to work out of your comfort zone. I don't know. I just feel like this this feud would be a whole lot more natural if the roles were re- reversed. And it was like, you know, Dolph doing the complaining. But maybe they want to, you know, give Ali something different. I just don't know if it's working. Complaining after this. Uh, he was demolished by Bronson Reed. Um, Bronson Reed got the kick out of the zigzag. Uh, and then as Ziggler goes for a Famouser, he is caught with a powerbomb and then the tsunami. Uh, which the audience does get into, and Reed wins in 3.13 to qualify for the men's chamber match, along with Rollins, Johnny Gargano, and uh, Austin Theory in there. And then the rest, uh, the other two qualifiers will be next week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was a tough time slot, and you're talking about, um, you know, one relatively new character and one pretty cold character in Adolf Ziggler that, I mean, neither really, um, you know, seem to have that much traction with the audience right now. So, But as a way to announce Reed into the chamber, I thought it was pretty strong. The tsunami feels like it's being uh, recognized and promoted as a, a pretty, you know, big power move. And uh, I I think the chamber will be a great way to add some status to Bronson Reed. Feels like, you know, uh, Lebec is pretty serious about pushing him pod sorry what was that is he gonna do a tsunami at the pod oh yeah probably that's a that would be a great spot I, I mean bad for whoever's taking it but yeah interviews carmella who is back after seven months and she says she's gonna win the fatal four-way when oscar walks in no makeup on and or the, the face paint and she just stands there, and Carmella says that you are not ready for Carmella, and I'm not scared of you. And with that, Asuka just smiles as the blue mist just starts pouring out of her mouth as Carmella walks off disgusted. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought Asuka's... My pick to win the uh, the chamber match. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, Bianca versus Asuka, yeah, that could be strong enough. I mean, especially like if this rebrand continues the way it has... I mean, Saturday, I thought Asuka, you know, her, her re-debut was incredibly strong and uh, it completely, I thought, refreshed her. I did not expect her, you know, uh, I guess everyday self, hit her her um, civilian self to get a brand new look too. This look I thought was just as awesome in a totally different way. Like she's changed up a lot, you know, her hair's shorter, her outfits. Look at this jacket. Like what what is this? It looks like it's made out of a snake. Um, the earrings and then like you, you add the, the mist now and the new contacts. I mean, everything about it looks so damn cool. So I'm loving the reinvention. She's like created her own DLC pack for the next video game. I mean, I'm sure whoever, whoever is at 2k is like, you know, scrambling to try to update the the skin right now. So, um, wonderfully creative and unique. So I, I hope they, they have a big role for her in mania season. Boogs tearing his quad last year, and we cut to the locker room, and Boogs is hanging out with Elias, 
and the street profits. And this looked like an awesome conversation to be in the middle of. Uh, they asked Boogs how he feels. He feels like he's climbing a mountain in a loincloth and just wants to scream, which he proceeded to do. The prophets love this guy. Elias was um, reflecting my opinion and was not as impressed with this guy. And we learn that next week it will be Angelo Dawkins against Damian Priest in a qualifier and Montez Ford against Elias, which means uh, Montez Ford certainly got the better draw for next week's match. So I'm assuming we're getting Montez Ford and Damian Priest in the chamber match. I think that would be strong. Yeah, that would make sense. Although, you know, you can certainly make an argument for Dawkins being in there too, just because he's, he's looked so impressive lately as well. But, um, Priest is probably the more likely, likely one. Um, I, I'm, I'm actually kind of interested in this potential Elias versus Boogs feud over, um, I guess who could play the better guitar. Um, you know, it seems like it, it might be the main reason why they might. Dude is going to end with Rick Boogs and Ezekiel together. Ooh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. But um, we can expect, you know, some goofy guitar battles between the two um, as a way to just have sort of like, I don't know, Boogs play some sort of, um, I don't know, significant role on Raw. I, maybe it, it could be interesting. And uh, it seems like Elias is back, you know, being a, a heel as he should be. So then we had this weird part. We go to commercial, and a graphic came up. Coming up next, Bianca Belair, who, if you were in Tulsa, Oklahoma, you're still waiting for Bianca Belair because she never appeared. That was really strange. You're right. I totally forgot about that. Hmm. Cody Rhodes and Finn Balor is the main event. Uh, they had a very good match. Balor attacks the pectoral muscle by stomping on it. And Priest ends up running into the timekeeper's area, missing Cody, and then Dominic is thrown over the desk. Cody makes his comeback, lands a Cody cutter for a big pop. Balor then stops a crossroads and hits the sling blade. And then as Cody goes to the figure four, he is kicked to the floor, surrounded by the judgment day, when Edge comes out through the crowd, attacking Priest and Dominic, spearing Dominic on the floor. And then Ripley goes after Edge, which leads to Beth Phoenix coming out and once again, spearing Rhea Ripley, it would certainly seem like we're getting the mixed tag at Elimination Chamber. That's my guess. Yeah, that would make a whole lot of sense. Um, unless they they might even want to save that for Mania. I don't. I'm. You know, I, I, that's a potential direction as well. But you know, they're 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 making it pretty like uh, hot right now. I would say so. Yeah, Chamber in Canada, I think makes a lot of sense. Um, very good return match for Cody. I thought. You know, I love the matchmaking here with sort of like you know a hint towards. Two former Bullet Club members in a first-time meeting. Uh, love the body part work from Balor over Cody's peck. And I thought the Edge and Beth run-ins were both very effective. You know, they continue to just come in here. No words have been said. You know, he just comes in here, and every time he looks at the Judgment Day, he dashes for them and beats them up. Rhea, you know, gets the advantage. And then you have Beth, you know, coming in full of fire as well. So I think they've done a great job building that feud without even one promo exchange from Edge or Beth at this point. Uh, strong close, I thought, to the show. And I, I would say Cody felt pretty hot coming out of this. For the end sequence, it was the, the coup de grace missing after Edge got on the apron and then three crossroads by Cody uh, for the win. Yeah, I thought it was a very good match that they had. Um, got the audience by like the midway point. And I think from like the Cody cutter onward, uh, they were into it. You got the Edge, the Edge and Beth Phoenix run-ins as well. And a really nice decisive win for Cody to 
end the show. And I would say, like, this wasn't a uh, an earth-shattering edition of Raw, but you did get some big announcements about matches coming up, uh, clear picture for Elimination Chamber, and, and pretty much, like, two matches that are now penciled in for, for Mania. I thought you said all the, you know, pieces you need, you need to set for the Elimination Chamber and also for the um, Mania coming up here. You know, most important, I think, coming out of this was the two big post-Rumble victory speeches from Cody and Rhea Ripley, and I thought they, you know, both delivered, uh, Cody especially, man, uh, tremendous promo and really kind of like, mm, you know, put, like making himself the centerpiece of, of this show, um, like the show has really missed Cody in my opinion um he brings like a certain level of polish and star power that um you know you don't have a whole lot of in this company so kind of looking forward to that uh John Cena here just sends a note here they played the Bianca segment as a digital exclusive that they must have forgot to air it was just her asking who's going to challenge her at WrestleMania so um seems like something was cut for time following the Royal Rumble and, um, yeah, the, they're probably going to do a very good number. Probably not uh, at the level of last week, but I still feel they'll do pretty strong, especially for the first hour with, with Cody being promoted ahead of time and just coming off of Saturday. Like, there was a ton of interest in the Rumble on Saturday. Yeah, I think they'll do good. And, you know, they're, they're going to try next week with um, B- 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 Bailey versus Becky in the cage. Um, trying to think what, what else is, like, significant that they promoted to the the chamber is um yeah and, and that's it you know we'll, we'll see if they can keep that momentum up um because yeah tonight's probably going to do decently um one super chat here uh from lct who sends five dollars to say it looks like the world heavyweight championship is staying unified yeah don't think they're splitting it as uh people might might have suspected or, or per, you know assumed um and I'll, I'll go through this, John. One piece of feedback here from forum.postwrestling.com as we go to Muggin, who says, Raw continued the momentum nicely from the Royal Rumble by putting the pieces in place for the road to WrestleMania. Rhea Ripley picking Charlotte makes so much sense because SmackDown needs an injection of newer blood. It's the right call, and it's redemption season for three years ago. Cody Rhodes got his quest to the world title off on the right foot, and he and Balor put on a fine, fine match. The U.S. title being defended in the chamber spells out what will happen on SmackDown this Friday between Zayn and Reigns. The field looks promising, and I'm glad to see Rollins, Gargano, and Bronson make it. The Corbin-Bradshaw tandem is falling flat. I'd get a kick out of Loomis using his axe on the Stetson. Um, let's talk about the uh, Zayn Reigns uh, point. Do you, do you think this kind of spells uh, Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn for the chamber? Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll see if they confirm it. Um, I think SmackDown, you know, of of both shows this week, SmackDown will probably have uh, certainly more of my interest, you know, just to kind of see the follow up between the the bloodline angle. Um, So, yeah. Um, Anything more to say, John, before we cut off uh, this, you know, truncated version of Rewind of Raw? To uh, finish off with. I'm sorry, what was that? One more time. Uh, no, I'm I'm good on this end, so I think we can wrap things up. Okay, apologies, everybody. You know, we 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 are trying our best uh, to deal with some of our technical issues today. Um, uh, we'll be back on uh, tomorrow for Ask Away for all of our Post Wrestling Cafe patrons. I guarantee you, uh, things will per- sound perfectly fine for that show. And uh, John's off to uh, give give the man a break, everybody. John John has had a really 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 tough day with all this stuff, and uh, um, if there's anybody to blame. Rogers. 
always Rogers. Bye-bye. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.